What is up, everybody? Welcome to another weekend preview episode of the Next Guy Up podcast. It's your boy Tinsley, joined as always with Mason and Zach this weekend. We are super excited to be breaking down and uh, preview, previewing all the great conference championship games. Um, we got a big weekend in NFL with a huge matchup between the 49ers and the Eagles. I'm sure we're going to be talking about. But before we dive into all that, we're going to do a recap of NFL and college football from the last weekend. It, if you are a YouTube viewer, a uh, little, little different setup today. Uh, life happens. We've got a lot of different schedules going on. So me and Zach did the college breakdown earlier. Me and Mason are going to do the NFL and betting part right now. And so we're going to be doing some kicking back and forth between future selves and past selves in the episode. So if you're watching on YouTube, don't be alarmed. You'll see Zach's beautiful face shortly. Mason, how are we doing? Future selves, hello, and I uh, <laughs> hope you're cashing all the bets. But uh, yeah, I'm doing good. We got some awesome NFL things to break down. A lot happened last week on and off the field, and then we'll have, I'm sure, a jam-packed, not just NFL, but of college and just NBAs kicking it. We got some hockey, sports all over the place. So super pumped about that. Yeah. And before I kick it to me and Zach talking college football, I do, we talk, me and him talk about it uh, there as well. But we did hit our next guy up parlay. Yeah. A push is a win. I don't care what you say, uh, especially on a parlay. You, you get a little less payout, but hey, any kind of a payout is a good payout to me. I think it ended, yeah, I should have took that. Well, go ahead. I would say, I think it just it ended up paying out like plus 204, which is still, I'll take yeah. a plus 204. Yeah. I should have took the minus two and a half on the Eagles. We had to sweat that one out. I don't Gosh. care. Yeah. And then how many times have I forgotten that they don't kick an extra point in overtime? I A rookie mistake over here because I think I just get so hyped up. And then the fact that the Eagles went down and scored that touchdown, I was like, yes, we covered. And then it says final. And I was like, yeah. I forgot. Uh, rookie mistake over here. I need to get it together because that is a rookie mistake. But no extra points in overtime, regardless of what happens. So listen, the NFL, if they're gonna be partnering and having every commercial be a bet on this sports book or that sports book commercial, we're gonna have to start kicking extra points in overtime to cover these guys' spreads, one way or the other. We can't be taking six points. That's not a football number as far as spreads go for all you betting professionals. Uh, six is not a football number. We need the seven. We need the three. So let them kick the extra points. That that point could be the difference in somebody's over. You got to help yeah. us out if you're going to make me watch 10,000 FanDuel commercials with Gronk and Kay Adams. And that long, that game was long. Like I was like, "Oh, we're about to have the the Sunday night game start here soon" because it was a long, like back and forth. Almost I, took up the whole overtime, so we yeah. had to sweat that one out. I did like that. I, I, you know, if we could, we didn't start, have to wait around. It was. Yeah, you you basically didn't even have to worry about uh, any space in between the afternoon games and the night games. You just went back to back. It was like a marathon, you know, didn't have to worry about any like awkward 45 minutes to an hour break in between. So. But um, yeah, we're going to I want to go ahead and kick us off on some NFL and that will be um, we we talked about it, some things on the offseason and that would be Frank Wright was fired as the head coach for the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to break down the Panthers here in a little bit, but I do want to talk about the fact that um, this is the second head coach to be fired in the NFL. The first one was Josh McDaniels. But, uh, Tens, what do you think about this firing? Uh, sorry. You know what, podcast listeners, loyal fans, uh, I saw the Spotify raps. We know you're out there. Uh, my dogs are part of the show tonight. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you heard them when I was with Zach. Uh, my wife and daughter just got home from dance class, so they're just spazzing out. I think it's settling now. Uh, okay, so what I think about this firing, I think that the Panthers may become one of the most dysfunctional franchises right now. 
the, this trade to go get Bryce Young. Um, you trade future first round draft pick DJ Moore, uh, multiple other draft picks as well to go get Bryce Young when you could have sat and waited for a different quarterback or, and you can make the argument you could have taken CJ Stroud over Bryce Young. I don't think CJ Stroud's going to do much different than what Bryce Young's doing right now. There's no offensive line. The weapons are not great. Um, but I think the key part of this is Frank Wright wanted CJ Stroud. He fit the system. Frank wanted the run, but the owner, David Tepper, who is, who's really becoming coming like has a reputation of being a over managing uh, control freak owner meddling in football affairs when he's a businessman and he wanted Bryce Young because he went to Alabama and was a winner and I get all that stuff but when you when you are an owner of a team you got to have football guys in place to run your football stuff and when you had a, you he went out of his way to go hire Frank Wright who I don't think is a bad coach um, just kind of was put in a bad situation didn't didn't give him the quarterback for his system. Didn't give him the right tools and to fire him so early into it. It's kind of wild. I didn't think it was going to work out with how it was going so far this year. Um, but it was, I didn't think he'd be the next one to get fired. I figured we'd be seeing Brandon Staley get fired this week after the Chargers lost to the Ravens. Maybe Matt Eberflus or well, one of those guys. It's funny that you bring that up because if you listen to last week's episode, we're back to the let's see what the sports books have to say. Brandon Staley is the odds on favorite to be the next coach fired at plus 250. Uh, according to bookies.com, implied probability is 28.6%. I don't really know what that means, but I guess they got together and was like the probability of this happening is 28%. The next one, you want to guess, Tins? Mm, Matt or uh, Robert Salah. It is Ron Rivera for the Commanders at plus four hundred. How is he not fired yet? And then Matt Eberflus is third place at plus four fifty. Mike Vrabel at plus seven fifty. Bill Belichick. Uh, Salah is not even on this list. So hmm. that was a bad guess by me. <laughs> But Frank Wright, if you took the bet, it was plus twelve hundred uh, for him well, to be the next one last week. It was so you would, yeah. So you would have cashed that. Yeah, huh? it it was the second shortest stint as a head coach. Shout out my man Urban Meyer, <laughs> who only made it I think eleven games. Mm, tough before he got fired. I think he did a lot more off the field. Uh, wreaking havoc and doing a bunch of inappropriate things than Frank Wright did. But I think Frank Wright should have got a little bit more of a break, but that's just me. But um, yeah, that's, that's who we're looking. I think if Brandon Staley, I know we said it last week, if he loses again, I think he'll be. Yeah. I, I think they still have like somewhat of a playoff chance right now with their record. Once um, the playoff chance goes away. Yeah, I mean the Panthers have a playoff chance right now. That's true, and Someone they're one in ten. Us that today, that was, <laughs> was pretty funny. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Head coaching firings in the middle of the year. I don't think it really does anything. Um, it's not like college, which me and Zach talked about this a little bit earlier too, where like you're trying to get recruits and take care of the transfer portal, so you want to fire your coach earlier to get someone else in there. NFL, like you're not. It doesn't make much of a difference because you're going to have a big ro- – if you're at the point where you're firing a coach midseason, you're going to have a big roster change. You're probably drafting high. I don't think it really matters about getting him in there that much earlier or not. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, creates no- another thing to talk about, which is what the NFL loves. They love being in the news line, head storylines and stuff. So that's what they got. That's what they get. It's um, true. Other NFL news I wanted to ask you about. Um, dun, dun, dun. Playoff picture. Yes. So the playoff picture, I, I feel like last weekend was we're kind of starting to get some separation here, especially the division winners. If you go and look on any sports book, pretty much everyone who is in first right now, division leaders wise, it's like minus a thousand. 
Um, yeah. So there's real no, there's not a lot of value. There's not really anyone who's like this time last year, you had a few divisions that were kind of a little bit tight race. Um, like the, the NFC or not the NFC, yeah, the NFC North, uh, AFC South. This is when the Jags went on their run. And so their odds with the Titans started getting really tight. Um, this year, the only division right now that's close is the NFC South. And that's because all four teams really suck. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, the, the Panthers are one in 10. They're technically still in line, like have a chance to win their division. So, um, so, so every team, sorry, no, every no, team ahead. besides that division, they have two wins exactly up on their second place. Yeah, every single one. So um, I'll just shout them out real quick. Yeah. Because this won't take long. Dolphins, two more wins than the Bills. Ravens, two more wins than the Steelers. Jags, two more wins than the Colts and the Texans. The Chiefs, two more wins than the Broncos. Eagles, two more wins than the Cowboys. Lions, two more wins than the Vikings. NFC South is pretty close like we talked about. And then the 49ers have two more wins than the Seahawks. So you all, is there any team that you could see that would fall apart that's in first place and somebody else kind of creep back up there? Um, I, I maybe would have thought the the Vikings because of how Josh Dobbs was playing, get Justin Jefferson back. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he's kind of coming back down the earth. Kind of saw this with the Cardinals too, I think. And even with the Titans when he came in and played against the, the Jags at the end of the year. Josh Dobbs, I feel like, is a good guy who can come in and just make a play happen. But once he's kind of in the playbook and you get some film on him, I think there's a reason he's been on six NFL teams as a third string or backup quarterback. Um He's talented. He has skills, but I don't think he's starter level type guy. And I mean, it was a putrid game Monday night against the Bears, to where they lost to a team that didn't score a touchdown. He yeah, threw, he threw four picks. Mm. Um, he, the the coach even said after the game that they're going to address the quarter. They're going to look at their quarterback situation because the two guys they had after Kirk got hurt before they traded for Dobbs are now healthy. And those guys have been in the system for a while. So I wouldn't surprise me if after this bye week, uh, Josh Dobbs is no longer the starter. Uh, I've got my doubts. I've had my doubts about the Lions. I, I could have maybe thought that they could fall apart here at the end with a tougher schedule, but I don't really see that anymore. Um, even with two games against the Vikings, I don't see where they'll lose both of those and open the door for anyone to sneak in for the NFC North. So I was going to say if I had to bet anybody before last week, I was going to go with my Super Bowl winning Vikings. If I had to say now, and I know this isn't like spicy or anything, but I'm just going to say no teams because I really yeah. don't see any of them. I'm surprised you didn't pick the Bills, by the way, but I'm just <laughs> kidding. But I was wanting to say that we're recording this right before Thursday night's game. But I was like, even if the Seahawks have an upset over the Cowboys and then the Eagles win against the 49ers, the Seahawks are 6-5, and five, so they have two yeah. more losses still, and the 49ers are 8-3, and three, so they, they're, they're, there's just too much of a gap, I feel like. I'd have to look at the rest of the schedule, but we'll, right now I don't feel confident about any of them really falling apart. And the 49ers yeah. haven't given me a reason to think that they are, so... It'd be different Uh, if somebody got injured and and these top, all these top teams have a great starting quarterback. None of them are falling apart at the seams. So with injuries, so I'm going to, I'm just going to say none of them. Yeah. I think, I think as far as the division winners, it's going to be kind of a boring year. Everyone's kind of already set and we've still got six games to go, but I do feel like the wild card spots in both divisions at this point, or I'm sorry, both conferences at this point are pretty could get pretty spicy. I mean, the AFC especially, I've been keeping my eye on it a little bit more just because my favorite team plays in the AFC. I'm kind of looking to see who we might end up playing first round of the playoffs. Um, But the the seeds seven through like 11 are all pretty interchangeable with how it's going to end up. So it's going to be a very fun end of the year race. Um, 
with some teams that maybe you weren't expecting to be there. Like, uh, I'll dive into it a little bit with my matchup of the weekend, but Texans and Broncos are two teams that had kind of a slower start of to the beginning of the year, and now look at them. They've both been playing very well. They've both played their way into a position where they're going to be pushing for a playoff spot. For sure. Um, is that your – you want to go ahead and break down that that matchup that you're kind of looking at there? Because uh, if, if you're good with – I'm going to save that for best matchup. I don't really have, like, really okay. anything for diving into. So I guess I, I'll – I take that back. I'll just go and do it now. Um, really all I have to say about it is it, it is two teams that have really played themselves above expectations. Um, there's a lot of talk of the Broncos kind of tanking being looking at like a tank for Caleb Williams team. Uh, Sean Payton didn't seem to love the idea of being uh, attached to Russell Wilson. And they even traded some of their better players before the trade deadline. And people were like, Oh, they're about to go in full tank mode. Um, And now they've turned around their season. They've won like they've won three in a row, maybe four, two of those games. One of them being the chiefs, one of them being the bills. The people still think the bills are good. Um, I'm not one of those people, by the way. What? Uh, <laughs> and the Texans, I mean, the Texans are in a rebuild with a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach, and they just picked uh, second overall this year. And look at them now. I mean, if they won that game Sunday against the Jags, they would have been in first place in their division. Um, mm-hmm. So very exciting young team that's trying to kind of push. Like They're like a year early in their rebuild, seems like. I mean, they're going to be a real problem next year, so – that's my uh, weekend matchup of the – my best weekend matchup. Words are hard. Talking is even harder. Um, That's true. So that was going to be mine. Uh, well, I would say it, you you really hit the nail on the head when it was like, I feel like these two teams could be playoff teams next year, and they're actually surprising us with, oh, they could actually get in this year. So Yeah pretty crazy to think about that's why i'm gonna next year when we do futures i'm gonna stop like reading all the hype i'm just what do i feel because after i kind of saw like the broncos go through what they went through last year and i was like i don't know sean payton can turn around this quick but i was like i don't think they'll have two horrible seasons and they did kind of start out kind of rough but now i'm like they are finally making their like way through like getting some traction and i was like i had a feeling they probably already hit their win total but i'm gonna i feel like a lot of it was just we we were being told that these were gonna be bad teams and we we took it we took the bait yep but so my matchup of the week is going i'm gonna a different route here and i'm gonna go with the falcons at the jets yes i said it correctly the falcons at the jets if you're like, are you serious? You're gonna you're gonna tell me that the third string quarterback for the Jets and the Falcons that keep going back from uh, Ritter to um, Heineke, you're telling me that's the matchup? Well, let me tell you why. The NFC South division, like we already talked about, is a extremely tight race. Let me break this down just a little bit more for you, and it's gonna be the Falcons are tied with the Saints at five and six. And then you have the Buccaneers right on their tail, which they're playing the Panthers this week at four and seven. And then the Panthers are one and 10. But I'm just right. It's so it's such a tight race. So whoever wins, if whoever wins this game, like if the Falcons win, they're going to have, you know, control right here because it looks like they have the tiebreaker on the against the Saints. Now, if we go over to the why, why the Jets? Are you serious, Mason? Why the Jets? Well, because I want to see if Aaron Rodgers is, you know, bluffing or not with this. Uh, this broke the news. I think it's just his scheme of always being relevant. Yep, he's really good about the whole off season. He drew it out. It was the Aaron Rodgers show with the Jets, and he had to do his whole like three days in in a cave or whatever it was with no light. (laughs) It was constant headlines. Pat McAfee's constantly following him. ESPN's constantly following him. He's always on the Pat McAfee show. They always talked about him. And why was it? He was able to keep headlines that kept him relevant. Everybody's talking about it. We've talked about it in group text constantly. 
but they opened up a 21-day window for him to practice, which means what, Tens, for the people out there that don't understand? It means he has to uh, be activated by the end of the 21 days, or he is on IR and done for the year. So either this is a whole scheme and they already knew he was going to be done for the year. They just wanted to be like, oh, look at him practicing out here. Let's talk about it. the Jets will be trending probably. The whole team, let's just do it because it makes us talk about him. Or he's legitimately going to do it. I'm kind of rooting for the Jets to make a run here because if they are in playoff contention and he doesn't do it, then I'm going to call him a fraud because he went Ooh. on several, he went on several, uh, strength, like his words exactly was, I will be playing if we make, if my body feels like it, but also if we make a playoff run here. And so I want to see if he actually does it or not. So this is a big game in my opinion. So for either team, the Jets are on fraud watch. Aaron Rodgers specifically is on fraud watch. I love that. You are correct. All right, we should awesome. do, we should come up with like a button on the pod. It's like fraud, fraud, fraud. Watch, <laughs> watch, watch. Something like that. But uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's my matchup of the week. All right, Was surprisingly, there any, no. That's I love that. Um, are there any other before we kick it to college? Were there any other playoff window like? scenarios you've really been looking at i'm i'm dead set locked in on the afc one seed uh well, got a big game with the ravens in a few weeks so i'm just i'm just locked it's gonna in. be a big one i feel like the nfc it's really you're gonna see who's gonna end up with the one seed this weekend with the 49ers and eagles playing yeah. each other and really not even because the 49ers have already got three losses the eagles only have one so even one. if the 49ers win you're you're asking the Eagles to lose one or two more games to take that one seed from them. So I feel pretty confident the NFC side's pretty cut and dry, and I don't even think any of the wild card teams on the NFC outside of the Cowboys because they'll they'll be a wild card team. Um, they just don't have any juice. I don't think any of them are any good. All right, so this is where uh, I'm going to kick it to me and Zach breaking down some college ball this weekend. Uh, so here is us. All right, and we are here with our weekend recap of the college football season. Guys, the college football season is wrapping up right now. We This is our last real full week of football, and we have uh, a pretty killer lineup coming up this weekend. The games are going to be good and this may be more than ever. Uh, everything is on the line for pretty much every team playing. Every team is, is except for maybe Michigan, who has <laughs> Iowa to beat. Every other team, though, is fighting for their life. Like, if you lose, I think maybe we'll talk about it some. Maybe with the exception of, of Georgia, if you lose, you're pretty much done, though. And I think Georgia's probably done if they lose as well. Ooh. It's all So it's all on the line. Hot take, maybe. I don't Hot know. take. Well, we'll talk about I, some playoffs. <laughs> um, so first and foremost, um, hey, our parlay basically hit last week. Basically, one uh, one leg of it pushed, but but we still had a decent payout. College leg hit Florida State minus six and a half, and boy, what a sweat! Was it, a sweat? <laughs> <laughs> it was miserable watching that game. Uh, they were back and forth with Florida for most of the game, and then finally pulled it out right at the very end. So shout out to Florida State for that. Um, I really wanted to pick them for my best bet, but I'm not going to just because of the trauma of that game. Uh, but you know, it was a it was a very very entertaining week weekend of football. Uh, we know that Alabama had that huge game against Auburn. Converted, Wild stuff happening over there. Convert convert a fourth and goal from the 31. It's insane. <laughs> Um, I, Auburn, this is like the opposite of the kick six in a lot of ways. I think where <laughs> Auburn just kind of really misplayed the very last snap and it just threw the whole game away, basically. They only brought two guys, and then he had Jalen Miller had all day just to sit back there, and he threw a very good pass. I mean, it was a very good catch as well. Uh, very, I mean, saved Alabama's season. 
and potentially could be playoff implications if, if Bama can pull off a big upset this weekend in Georgia. Yeah. So, I, big stuff. I cannot believe that Auburn sat there. They rushed two guys, and then on top of that, they had a QB spy. What was yeah. that QB spy going to do? Was Jalen Milrow going to run it on fourth and thirty-one? I don't think so. <laughs> For thirty-one yards. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just... It was not a great play call there. It was very safe, and that's what you get. You know, you play the safe like that in a game like that, and it's over. Not, not that they um, were playing for anything because they've had a miserable season. Auburn. Yeah. But, boy, they were, they played Georgia the closest Georgia's been played, and they gave Bama – I mean, really should be Bama. Yeah. So they had a couple opportunities and just kind of threw it away at the very end. But, yeah, not great. Uh, Washington escapes loss versus Washington State. And, boy, does it feel like they've been doing that a lot lately. Yeah, Washington has just skirted along in one game just by the skin of their teeth, and now all of a sudden they have a playoff spot basically in view if they can beat Oregon. Um, people don't think it's going to happen. The line is 10 points <laughs> as we sit here now, which is crazy for an undefeated team to be a 10-point underdog to a team they beat earlier in the season. Wild. I don't, I've never seen something like that happen. Yeah, I think if Washington but, no. had been playing well, because they, they've had somewhat of a weaker schedule. They've had Arizona State, who they struggled with, Arizona, mm-hmm. who's pretty frisky down the stretch here. Stanford, uh, I think. Stanford was another close game of theirs. And then, yeah, and then Washington State. And then you have Oregon on the other side, who you could – I mean, they, they lose a three-point game to Washington, uh, a game they very well could have won had they made some different it's decisions. Managed. Yeah. In the yeah, the red zone, they weren't kicking field goals. They went for it and didn't get it, so they lost. Ever since that game, they have been absolutely blowing everyone in the Pac-12 out. Yeah. So I think that's kind of why you see the line. I, I knew it would be an Oregon line, but I did not foresee it being double digits as far as betting-wise goes. That's wild. For Like you said, it's one team is undefeated. So that is going to be a very – and it's – it's the first real game of conference championship weekend, Friday night, kind of get things started, get the picture going early. Because if Washington wins, I, f- I feel like they've locked up a spot. But if Oregon wins. The conference USA who plays before them. Oh, dang. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> State Liberty. Oh, how could I forget? <laughs> 12-0 Liberty. Undefeated. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, Conference USA. I didn't mean to disrespect you like that. That's what I thought. Give them the respect they deserve. That will be a fun one on Friday night, though. I agree. It's going to set the stage. Yeah, because and I really feel like if Oregon, if Oregon wins, then we have this. It's like the first domino of the weekend. Like, okay, well, who's who's going to kind of mess things up? Because if if it goes chalk after that, then you really could. See, one of these conferences isn't going to get somebody in. Is it the ACC or is it the Pac-12? Yeah. (laughs) I I mean. Uh, It it gets correct. This is one, and I've heard so many different things from so many different people. This this playoff is going to be one of the wildest. Somebody, unless things fall a certain way, someone is leaving very, very upset with how how this all goes down. Mm -hmm. And I... I mean, the, if if Georgia, Washington, Florida State, Michigan all win, then it becomes pretty easy, I think. Uh, because then there's four undefeated teams. Okay, we're putting them on. I don't think at that point you could leave somebody out. But all of a sudden, yeah. if um, – I think Bama is going to – is the one that could cause the most chaos here. Um and I'll just I'll just tell you that's gonna be my that's my game of the week is Georgia Bama obviously so it's not a really surprise so we'll just talk about <laughs> it here. Um, yeah. Bama if Bama wins it's throwing the entire playoff in like in an absolute like tailspin because all of a sudden Bama wins Georgia is the best team in the nation probably like up to this point for sure but then what do you do with the SEC that becomes the question right uh, does Texas going over Bama just Florida State going over Bama. Uh, that's when we start having to ask the hard questions is yeah. what happens with Bama 
if Bama loses, I think it's going to be pretty cut and dry what happens here. Like, I think Oregon's probably the first one in. If they win, then Texas is another one-loss team if they can sneak in there too. Um, then, but if Bama wins, then I think the conversation becomes pretty crazy, potentially. So, uh, I won't give my pick for that game yet, but I think that's going to okay. be an interesting one. I, I think I, I agree as far as all of the college conference championship games go. That's probably the one I'm most excited for. I don't I don't think Oregon Washington's gonna be close. I really I, I love this Oregon team. I'm kind of heavy on them in a lot of like uh, personal bets. Yeah. I've got some futures on them. Um, but Alabama has just I don't know. It's like they they had all these QB questions for a while, and then Jalen Milrow just kind of stepped up, and it seems like he's learned how to play quarterback overnight mm-hmm. through this SEC schedule in Georgia just they they're definitely not the same level they have been the last two years maybe they're a little bit better offensively but defensively they don't have the 14 guys that are all going to be first round picks like this right. defense is still good still littered with five-star guys but I mean there were times you would think this Georgia defense isn't playing at an NFL level which they were because they literally have starters and multiple starters in the NFL right now starting day one as rookies. So I don't know. I think this yeah. it's Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban is the ultimate like wild card factor here of he, I still feel like he can out coach Kirby smart and figure out how to beat this Georgia team. That's not as dominant as they've been the last two years. Cause they've had some scares through this sec schedule. Yeah. It's not been super dominant, but I will say, um, after watching what they did to Tennessee, I became a little bit of a believer there because it, that was a bloodbath. Uh, that was added hostile environment. They got punched pretty hard right in the first play of the game, and then after that, it was just like just total domination. Um, and you know, Carson Beck looks very good. Uh, he looked like a legitimate quarterback for during that game. So I, I think that there is a potential of. Uh, Georgia just kind of having the way with Bama. I really was feeling better and better about Bama until last week when they really struggled against Auburn. And boy, did I want them to get upset there. But <laughs> they – and I know that Auburn and uh, that stadium is – and Jordan-Hare is just kind of one of those kryptonite things for, for Bama seemingly, and it's a rivalry game, and there's a lot of emotions, and I get all of that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Auburn's not good, and they really, truly should have beat Bama there. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I think for that reason, I feel pretty good about Georgia. But I don't know. When you've won <laughs> as many games they've won in a row, it's just hard to bet against them at this point. Yeah, it's, that's true. So that's kind of where I'm at. But um, uh, should we, are we going to tell everybody about our uh, about our mega parlay happening this yeah, week? Yeah, after it happens. Um, I mean, they can't I mean, stop us now. I think it'll be fine. Yeah. So, uh, so ESPN bet. If you're not there, uh, we, if you, there's a sign up bonus where you get like $200 for the free bets. So we all decided we're going to break gambling, break ESPN yep. bet, rob them. And we are going to put all of our bets together and basically cover every possibility for conference football season, uh, conference championship season. So this happened maybe three weeks ago. Two weeks ago? I don't know. Yeah. There were still a couple weeks of the season left when we did it. And so the <laughs> lines were still kind of moving around some and everything. Like the odds are pretty good for conference winners still. And so basically we went and we picked every conference championship of like the big four of Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, and SEC. We didn't touch ACC at that point because Florida State looked kind of unbeatable. Um, that has changed a decent bit. The point <laughs> they were one and a half point favorites. But at that time, we, we didn't really factor them in and so we took the top two from each conference which would be georgia bama oregon washington um and then texas oklahoma which was kind of our other downfall of this whole thing and uh what's the last one it's um um shoot i'm like drawing a blank on it it's uh 
Oregon, Washington. Oh, Georgia, Georgia, Bama. Sorry. Yeah, Georgia, Bama. No, <laughs> Michigan, Ohio State, which yeah. that one is already pretty much settled. So yeah. uh, between those four games, there's basically 16 possibilities of, of all the different options. And so we kind of put a bet on every single one of them, uh, including hedging out Oklahoma State because we didn't – at that time, Oklahoma was favored, and we thought they were going to make it in. Yep. They really almost did still if Oklahoma State would have lost to BYU. But – we have we have them hedged pretty pretty hard. So, yep, we we're winning money no matter what this weekend. Yep, uh, just it matters depends on how much. So we're rooting for some chaos. Some the more upsets that happen, the more money we're going to rake in. Uh, basically, I think our payouts range somewhere between about five hundred and about eighteen hundred at this point. I think, and then we're just going to split it between us. So uh, we're just we're going to make we're going to make some money no matter what. So we're. Uh, kind of a fun little wrinkle for us in the conference yeah. championship week here. Trying to make some money. Yeah. So for all you kids in college right now, um, go to school, become a math major like Zach. See, Zach is a doctor in math. In a past life, he taught the future minds of America how to <laughs> do math. Uh, You're correct. So when this was, how this kind of came about is when ESPN bets opened. Uh, we got the two hundred dollars free bets, and I, I we were texting our group text. And I was like, Zach, there has to be a way for us to par- make some kind of parlay that can win. Use your math. I know you can, Doctor Math, and just figure it out, and we'll and we'll roll from there. <laughs> I unfortunately had already used all of mine the, the day that the free bets came came in. Uh, I did a bunch of Super Bowl futures. Uh, one of them being the Bengals. RIP, <laughs> RIP to that one. Thanks, Joe Burrow's wrist breaking in half. Um, so, so Zach went to work. He's he hand wrote out a graph and chart, and we figured it out. So here we are. Yeah. Luckily, we have we have wives that love to gamble as well. So we they signed up and got free bets and too. Money, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, something's gonna hit at this point, which is exciting. We, we first started off by saying, like, what if we did this, like, we bet every single conference championship <laughs> down the line, and it was going to pay out huge money. And then we decided against that because it was like, well, the odds of us studying it, even if all of us bet on it, it's not very good. So we kind of wanted a sure thing. So this was – so we, we, we cooked it up. Uh, Oklahoma losing really hurt us. Yeah. That was our highest payout was of Oklahoma. All the underdogs won, including Oklahoma. Um, that was going to be like $4,000 payout. I guess the Bummer. moral of that story is don't ever trust BYU to do something for you because if they would have beat Oklahoma <laughs> State. Yeah, that, they should have won. Yeah, that was that was heartbreaking. So we'll have some fun, fun little like announcement of which one hit uh, next okay. week on the Friday episode and see which one of Dr. Math's uh, parlays hit. We're hoping for the biggest chaos factor ones. Yeah, we are. That'd be fun. Uh, never a bad day to win free money. Thanks, ESPN Amen. Bets. Uh, if, you have a, ESPN bets. if you have a representative who's listening, uh, gotcha. Don't shut us down. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I feel like we, we've talked about the conference championship games. Uh, did you want to go over any of the coaching coaching carousel? Yeah, this it's pretty wild. And and a big part of it, I feel like teams are doing this earlier in the year now is because the transfer portal officially opens next Sunday. So you got to already seeing people kind of announce like they're leaving. Yeah. Crazy. So I feel like it's like an even wilder time than before. As far as these guys got to get their coaches in even earlier now. I mean, some of these guys just play – like Oregon State, for example. Their coach uh, – what's his last name? I don't know his first name. His last name's Smith. He's been at Oregon State for a long time now. Uh, I don't know, to be honest with you. He he took Michigan State's job. I mean, had he won against yeah, – yeah, yeah. Had he won against Oregon last week, he would be in the Pac-12 championship game. And – not even eight hours after the game is over, he's on a flight to Michigan State to be announced the head coach. It's wild. 
I mean, like, what kind of backdoor deals is, were going it on? Is very early, yeah. And how early did he know that was going to happen? That's another great question. Uh, so I guess the biggest story of the week. This happened right after the games on Saturday. Is yeah. Uh, obviously, Jimbo Fisher's out. A and M's looking to replace him. I don't know how much money they had to replace him with after what they had to pay out for Jimbo Fisher, but. Um, uh, Mark Stoops was kind of first. That, this name got circulated pretty quickly on Saturday as, oh, I think Mark Stoops is going to end him. It looked like it was legitimately going to happen. Like Even Mark Stoops was kind of making some comments about it. And uh, the 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 entire uh, A&M fan base kind of stood up and was like, no, we will not take Mark Stoops. Uh, reminiscent of how UT did this uh, back when I was in college uh, against um, – Oh shoot! What's his name? Um, Greg oh, Shiano. Yes, Shiano. Uh, which turned out to be a great idea. I think Shiano, everyone can agree, would turn out to be a pretty mediocre coach. But we also hired Jeremy Pruitt, who also turned out to be a mediocre coach. So <laughs> lose, lose. Uh, but they ended up hiring um, Mike Elko after that. And I, I, part of me doesn't understand the reality where Elko is such a more flashy higher than Mark Stoops. Right. Maybe outside of the SEC, but I don't, both come from smaller programs with much less money than A&M. So I I don't really under, like, it's not like he's a super huge name. So I don't know. It doesn't really make a ton of sense to me, but. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. I don't know where. Texas A&M fans think they're better than having Mark Stoops as their head coach. I mean, Mark Stoops has done a pretty good job at Kentucky. He's consistently been like a over eight win a season guy. He's had more small market, right? He's had more ten win seasons than Texas A&M has had in a long time. With limited resources at Kentucky, I don't understand why they would turn their nose up at that. I don't know. Texas A&M has this weird vibe of they think they're a lot better than they are type deal. Um, Could be. Mike Elko, yeah. I, I think I think fans were okay with that one because he, he was on staff a few years ago. He was like a defensive coordinator for a little bit. So I ah, guess that, that's – I think – yeah, I think that's why it was a little bit more like – they were more receptive to that. Yeah. But still, I mean, he, he didn't really do anything at Duke. And Duke's not – I mean, not that Duke's like yeah, a I mean, good football program. Harvard like, program up to maybe like a consistent bowl game participant. Um, and, again, a pretty small market for football school there in Duke. But right. pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know what that's going to look like. And we had a couple of other moves this week too. Bobby Petrino back at Arkansas. As OC, which I'm surprised Pittman yeah. didn't get fired, to be honest. He was kind of uh, one I was looking at to not be there. Yeah. Maybe – yeah. Maybe he just kind of got bailed out by bringing in Petrino as kind of part of the deal or something. I don't know what that looks like, but uh, pretty interesting move there. Yeah. Um, if you, just just with the history of Petito being there as the head coach and his scandals and then – Tough, yeah, but you know, he won football. I think <laughs> I heard it on a podcast, I'm not sure where, but they're like, Listen, SEC fans can let a lot of stuff go for a guy who wins 10, 10 games a year, including sure. motorcycle wrecks with former volleyball players as the passenger. Tough look, Patina, Bobby. He, yep, um, it is very interesting. I think it might be similar to us, like. Hiring back Lane Kiffin or something like that, which as, I, as I, like I an offensive court, yeah, yeah. Which Lane Kiffin maybe is a little bit bigger name at this point, but uh, and he obviously didn't have the same type of scandals, right? That Robert Petrino had, but pretty interesting. Um, I think another thing that we're looking at to finish out the season is what's going to happen with um, Jim Harbaugh and if he's going to the NFL and what his status is because I think that's going to be. That would be by far the biggest opening in the country. Um, yeah. Trying to fill that position would be somebody's losing a big, big, big name coach to that to that Michigan spot. So um, pretty interesting stuff. A lot going on. 
Yep. It's definitely, it's like, it's super exciting because we got bowl starting, college playoff picture. And then you also have a whole nother side of college football where we've got the transfer portal and the coach carousel and, yep. you know, who's going where. So the college football is really, transfer portal has opened up a whole new can of worms where it's kind of like the NFL where it's it's going to be in the news year round. There's no real off season to it. There's mm-hmm. stuff going on constantly. So it's definitely, if you're like a super big fan of college football, it's fun. There's going to be something to be following along throughout the summer and, and all that stuff. For sure. Yeah, and everyone, I mean, I think at this point, pretty much every college football fan is nervous for their team and who, they're, who they might lose because, I mean, I think at this point, pretty much everyone's losing somebody. Yeah. Everyone's got somebody that's not happy with their playing time or is not happy with their coach or thinks they can get better playing time or opportunity or money somewhere else. Um, I saw that one coach, who was it that said this? Well, he made a statement that a good quarterback is basically worth about a million dollars in money right now. Yeah, I don't remember who said it, but I know what you're talking about. Where, a million and, or a million and a half for like a good quarterback. And that's, I mean, that's pretty wild numbers for a college yeah. quarterback. Especially if you're a freshman or sophomore, even a junior. 18, year old, yeah. Junior who's not really getting NFL attention. Like if you're just, there used to be like a, I don't know, you could be a good college quarterback, but you knew you weren't going to go to the NFL so you would stay in college as long as you could, and you, you couldn't make the kind of money playing football as you could in the NFL. Now you can. If you're like, just a good college quarterback who yeah. plays well in the system, at least. Yeah. You, can, you, can make, you can make life-changing money and not have to go try to be an NFL guy because some guys just aren't made to be NFL guys. I mean, it's just part of sure. it. But you can, you can I mean, play in college. $2 million a year, yeah, that's good money for anyone. Yeah, I mean, on top of getting a college degree, and that's gonna help you get a job too. So, it's it's right. definitely it adds a whole new factor um, to college football. That whether you agree with it or not, it's part of the game now, and it's it makes things interesting, especially with quarterbacks. I feel like quarterbacks, just like in the NFL, quarterback is the most important thing. You can you can tell yeah. a big drop off when you have a backup quarterback come in, especially in college. It's sometimes yeah, I mean, it's bad. How many wins does LSU get this year without Jaden Daniels? Like, honestly. Right, right. How many wins does Washington get without Michael Penix Jr.? Without There's, defense, truly, yeah. like, maybe like six or seven, maybe. Like, which it sounds wild, but let's be honest. Uh, we just – quarterbacks are such so huge in today's game that they do make – I mean, we saw Tennessee basically go from – Shut up! Down to, down to Joe Milton, and all of a sudden we saw the the huge gap. Uh, and so, yeah, I think teams are going to be willing to pay out some huge numbers for for good quarterbacks in today's game. So, yeah, and you can see some transfers. Yeah, yeah, and you. I mean, there's like a real world where Florida State could miss the playoffs this year, even if they win Saturday, because they don't have their quarterback. Because their quarterback undefeated. got hurt. Right, an undefeated team and where the committee. The committee yeah. could just say, sorry, you're not as good as a top four team because your quarterback got hurt. And that's just part of it. And I mean, honestly, we also saw what happens if you Ohio State, very mediocre quarterback. And it I mean, it cost them a playoff spot, basically. Like they their quarterback play was just a little bit down compared to the rest of the team who I think had enough talent to win. You have maybe a top like three draft pick in Marvin Harrison Jr. but came again on the ball because the quarterback is just not competent enough to do it. So very interesting stuff. I agree. Okay, we can wrap up this segment with um, my best bet of the week. I'm just going to go ahead and give it here. And then this is also going to be my next guy at parlay leg. And that bet is going to be Georgia minus five and a half. I don't like it. I don't like to give it. But I'm out here to win bets. I'm still – I've only had uh, – I'm still like seven for eight in my last eight weeks, I think. So, you know, we're, we're solid. I'm here to win. The lines are very tight this week. And some of the conference championship lines are crazy high, uh, like 15 and 20 points for these conference championship games. So, this one's five and a half. I feel pretty good about it. I feel like there is a good chance 
that Georgia just goes in and kind of dominates this game in a way that Georgia can. I think all it will take will is is kind of bottling up Jalen Milrow, and uh, it's. I think there's a good chance that Georgia can do that. So. That's my pick. Georgia minus five and a half. I think they go to the playoff pretty easily and we avoid some of the chaos that would be caused. Now it's not saying I would, I would kind of like Alabama to lose or to win that game. And then no sec teams would go. I think that's the funniest outcome. Um, maybe not likely, but I think that'd be fun. So there's my pick though. Great. All right. So we are going to uh, kick it back to Tins and Mason. All right. And so that was me and Zach breaking down the college landscape for this weekend. It's going to be a very fun weekend of college uh, football, conference championships. We're going to figure out who's in the playoff. Cannot wait. Um, Now, me and Mason are going to dive into the best bet segment of the podcast and give out the next guy up parlay. Uh, if you just listened to me and Zach talking college, you know that he has given out Georgia minus five and a half. It pained him, I'm pretty sure, to give out Georgia because he hates hmm, those guys. Tough. So that will be Zach's best bet of the weekend and the first leg of the next guy up parlay. Mason, let's dive into our best bets. What do you got? My best bet is going to be an over. It's between two teams, the Miami Dolphins and the Washington Commanders. The Miami Dolphins are 7-4, and four, which is 63.6% against the over. Washington, however, is 5-6-1. That's 45.5% against the over. These two teams will be gunslinging it. These two teams, in my opinion, have bad defenses, decent defense. I'm... I mean, commanders trade away a lot of people, a lot of pieces before they. um, So I am going to take the over 49 and a half Dolphins and commanders put it in the books. I love it. It's one of the picks I have on my personal card for this weekend as well. The, The commanders just fired their defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach. Your defense isn't playing well if you're firing coordinators in the That's middle true. of the year so I, that's a good point the Dolphins offense is hot um so I love that pick and and Sam Howell and the commanders have no slouch on offense themselves they've been putting up numbers against some good defenses so 49 and a half feels like a pretty low number you're just looking for two teams to get over 25 mm-hmm. I'll take that all day all right my best bet and I don't know I'm not trying to kick people while they're down um, I don't, I don't think that I don't think you guys care anymore. I don't think this hurts Titans fans anymore. But I am rolling with the Colts minus one. You can take money line if you're scared of a plus one, but I've never been scared of a plus one or minus one in my whole life. Um, I'm not, pay- never. I'm not paying the juice for that money line. That's just not, not something I'm about. I'll take minus one. Um, and here's the thing: the Colts. Season ended right now are the seventh seed in the AFC. Who would have thunk it with a uh, rookie head coach, top five rookie quarterback going down like in week four, Gardner Minshew starting at quarterback. But here they are. They're performing well. They're one of the better offenses in the league. And they're running up against a Titans team that seems like they've packed it in. Uh, they had a nice win last week against the Panthers, but I think everyone, I think the Panthers right now, are looked at as a uh, tune-up game, like in college, where you're just going to go and you're going to beat up on them. Um, the Titans do still have somewhat of a decent defensive line, but their their secondary is been bad all year. The Colts' offense is top 15 in passing yards this year, and that's with Gardner Minshew as the starter for the majority of the year. Now – you could say, oh, well, they just lost Jonathan Taylor. Titans are good against the run. Um, well, the Colts' offensive line ranks top 10 in pass def- passing, pass blocking and run blocking. And Zach Moss, running back for the Colts, actually has a better per carry uh, average this year than Jonathan Taylor did. He's, he's averaging 4.8 yards a carry, which is 
pretty solid for somebody who is not getting paid the kind of money Jonathan Taylor is getting paid. Um, so I look for them to still kind of run their offense, uh, be able to pass pretty well against the Titans because I don't think Gardner Mitchell is going to have too much pressure on him. And as much as Will Levis like was great in his very first start in the NFL, he has really come down the earth. He ranks below uh, Gardner Minshew in every passing category in EPA, pass yards per attempt, uh, all these things. And I know Gardner started a few more games, but it's like average per game that Gardner Minshew is performing better than Will Levis, who just has a terrible offensive line in front of him. And the Colts have a top 12 pass uh, rush. So I think it's just going to be the same thing where the Colt, the Colts are going to commit to making Derrick Henry a non-factor and make Will Levis beat you in the passing game. And how you can do that is pressuring him. Rookie quarterbacks don't like pressure. It's just they're not used to it. It's a whole different level of pass rush in the NFL. So – I am going to take Colts minus one. I'm sorry to Zach. I'm sorry to half of Mason. Why you got to do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be rooting for the Titans for sure. I will say the Colts are seven to four against the spread. Uh, however, the Titans are five and six, and the Colts are uh, three and one against the spread as a away team. So you got you got some good points there, tens, and then I threw in a couple more. For you there, so but um, I'm gonna go. So, is it parlay time? Yeah, it's parlay time. Let's 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 see what we've cooked up. I haven't punched it in yet. So, I cashed mine last week, or we cashed ours last week, kind of. I got a push, like we said, we're cashing this one, everybody. I know winner when I see it, and I'm gonna start out my leg, then Tinsley, you can explain yours, and then I'll plug it in for us. Sound good. Sounds amazing. Okay, but I'm going to go. So you know which NFL team has only covered once this whole season? Hmm. Could it be the worst team in the NFL? The Carolina Panthers. Ding, 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 ding. You're correct. They've only covered one time, like I said, and it is week 13, everybody. Um, They just fired their head coach like we talked about. They were playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which have been pretty good against the spread with a record of seven and four. So give me Tampa minus five against the Carolina Panthers. Love it. Short, sweet to the point. I'm going to go plug this in while you're explaining yours. All right. Um, I am rolling with my best matchup of the weekend. You've got two offenses that have been putting up points, Uh, two teams kind of fighting for the right to maybe sneak into the playoffs here. Um, I'm going to go with the Broncos plus three and a half. I bought the half a point because I'm I don't want to push situation. I don't think either one of these teams is that much better than the other. Where we're looking at a blowout here, uh, so give me the team who's getting points, uh, who I think could easily win the game, like just as easily win the game as cover three points. Uh, I feel like this is going to be a very tightly contested game. It's going to be a fun matchup. I think you're going to see some points. Um, High-scoring game, two offensives that have been clicking that kind of both like to take away what the other one likes to do. The Texans are a very pass-happy offense. The Broncos are very good pass defense, and then vice versa. The Texans like to to establish the run game and then pass. Well, the Broncos aren't going to let you do that. Um, So I'm looking forward to that matchup. Give me the three points and add the hook. So, plus three and a half. Denver Broncos, let Russ cook. Let them cook. All right, so Georgia minus five and a half. Denver Broncos plus three and a half. Buccaneers minus five. And that is a plus 569. Ooh, that plus is, 569. is a nice, juicy parlay. That's a good number. 569, right are you kidding me? Put it in the books. That Put is, it in the books, everybody. That is a big return. That is two weeks in a row. We're up over 500 for the payout, so I love that. Yeah. Um, so so please take that. Be tweeting it or Instagram storing it or however you decide to let us know that you're riding with the boys this weekend. That's right. Um, 
more to come announcing stuff like that soon about ways to follow our picks. It's a little teaser for you in the biz. But that is going to do it for our weekend preview. Thank you for joining us. Um, Thank you for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Let us know what you're you're taking this weekend, who you're fading, who you're riding with. Uh, Hopefully you hit all your bets and maybe even join us next week to hear how we did on our get rich quick scheme that Zach came up with during the college segment. But until then, have a great week. We will see you on Monday for Messing Around Monday.